Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Podcast. I'm your co-host Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my co-host Richie Schneiderite and lead Rutgers beat reporter now uh, for Rivals.com or Rutgers Rivals, Craig Epstein. Uh, first, we want to send a uh, a sad but also happy uh, goodbye to Chris Nowaski. He's been, I think, with Rutgers Rivals for what five years? Yeah, a longer. Yeah, uh, he's done a great job covering sort all sorts of teams for for the site. But he got a, an opportunity at ng.com uh, full time that he couldn't pass up. I don't necessarily blame him, but Chris, uh, we're going to miss you. Um, you guys have spent a lot more time with Chris. You guys got any funny Chris stories you want to share before we, we start talking Chris about Chris? Stories. <laughs> uh, Craig's probably got some. Yeah, yeah. Craig. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> well, I'll say that there was, uh, we went, when we went to Ohio a couple of years ago, Dayton for the, for the playing game. What was that? For the 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 first round, the oh yeah, yeah. So that was that was an adventure because that was a long ass drive, and it's just going from New Jersey to Ohio is just land on top of land on top of land, and it's just like it almost drives you a couple of little nuts because it's like you'll go at like an hours in between seeing just anything, and then you'll hit like a city for like a, like a half an hour, then you'll just go boom back to land for like hours. It's just brutal, and we saw some interesting stuff in Ohio. There was like. There was like a friggin' like Wendy's that we stopped off to. And for some reason, I don't know why, but there was this like girl standing outside who was dressed like Wendy, just waving to like the waving to like cars going by and shit like that. And I was like, I was like, you think I was like, I said to Chris, I was like, Chris, you think this lady works for them or is she just show up, you know, dressed like that? I see. Then, I thought you were going somewhere else with that. I thought you were going with I know what you're talking about. Is this <laughs> one we were okay? So I'll, I'll admit it. So when we were driving home, I might have had my foot on the gas a little bit too hard, and we got pulled over by a cop. <laughs> and I did get a ticket, but I paid it uh, off, and that was it. Well, that's good. So you don't have an outstanding warrant. Good to know. We're not dealing with a felony <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I yeah. mean, but, but honestly though, for, honestly though, from from a professional standpoint, nobody deserves this more than Chris. We, we know how hard he's been working towards this, and. Between all the Rutgers articles he's written, all the NJ.com articles he's written, all the tennis he's covered, everything, Seth, even tap into Seth, that he's done is just like, dude's been working hard for years now. And really, <laughs> just, I know he probably doesn't want to sing in his praises, you know, too much, but really, Chris, nobody is more deserving of this than you. And there's no doubt. I mean, you're going to do a great job in this. And luckily, luckily for me and Chris, me and Richie and Mike is that you're not going to be too far away. So, We'll still be able to text you and talk to you and get to read your stuff. So honestly, Chris, congrats and nobody's more deserving. It's my turn. Sure, if you want. <laughs> um, I don't really have a story. It's just me and Chris have worked together for a while. He's one of the first people I reached out to. Um, he we obviously shared the beat together. We never shared it together during two four seven days when I, I was there and then I left and then he went in and kind of replaced me there. And then uh, we, he was one of the first people I reached out to when I got the site. And uh, I knew he'd do a good job. He killed it. Um, 
I thought I'd, I'm actually shocked he lasted this long with us. I thought he would have got hired quicker than that. Uh, but he right, right, like you said before, he's he's going to grind harder than most people. Um, he'll kill it there. Fuck you, Manahan, for taking him from me. But uh, <laughs> you got a good one. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to miss Craig. Or we're going to miss Chris. Jesus Christ. I said <laughs> no, I wasn't going to do that in the, in the beginning. I'm <laughs> I just say what I'm, what I'm looking at. Um, but now we got to talk some uh, some shop here. Oh. A lot happened this weekend. Uh, starting with uh, Cam Spencer entering the portal. He hasn't chosen a school yet, and seems like every time he's Georgetown. Away, oh, yeah. sorry, bad cough. <laughs> Are we sure? Yeah, yeah. not yet. Well, it seems like every time Richie <laughs> goes away and can't be reached, big stuff happens. So this was a little bit inevitable. So this is Richie's to blame on this one. Oh, Cam thanks. Spencer entered the portal, um, seemingly out of nowhere. It's been reported that. Basically, he was like all in on the program. You know, he was at the Big Ten golf outing last week representing the program. He was, you know, going to high schools, talking to kids uh, on different uh, like Rutgers basketball trips and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. he was basically the face of the program this offseason. And then what was reported is basically he went home for the weekend. Somebody got in his ear and he entered the portal right when he got back. Yeah. And she's pissed too. <laughs> yeah, I'll be back. Hold on. Yeah, so I guess I'll just take it from there. Um, yeah, so Cam entered the portal. Sorry, I, every time I leave, like something happens, and I had <laughs> the worst Wi-Fi signal ever. Went down to Ocean City, so I should have just stopped in D.C. on the way home and just been yeah, like, right yeah, hey, Cam, what's up? How's it going? Yeah. Buddy? Like, why are you on Georgetown's campus? That's weird. <laughs> he doesn't. I don't know if he's actually visited or not yet, but yeah, he got – it sounds like it's NIL, NIL, NIL. Like everyone asked me, like – and I know it's like an immediate reaction to think it's NIL, but this, it's NIL. Like, this is how it fucking works. This is the wild, wild East. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's the whole thing's nuts. I get it a little bit because he's not NBA good. So he's not going to get that bag like that. So it's like, Hey, go get yours. Like do it. Like, fuck it. I've talked to a couple other players that former Rutgers players about it. And they all said the same thing. They're just, they're happy. Cam's getting what he's getting. And, uh, now he didn't sign anything. He didn't get any money yet. There's a bunch of blue bloods reaching out now, uh, according to Trilly Donovan. But I can tell you for a fact, Creighton's reached out. Michigan's reached out. Um, I don't think Indiana's there. That's I think that's just people throwing shit out of the wall at the moment. But uh, yeah, I mean, so many schools are reaching out. It did sound like it was a done deal to Georgetown. And it's not shocking because he loves that area, the D.C., Maryland area. He's a DMV kid through and through. And most people don't know this. He tried. He's his AAU program is very close with uh with Maryland. He tried committing to Maryland before he went to Rutgers. Like that's wow. not a secret. It's pretty like well, I guess it is a secret. Not anymore. I let it out of the bag. <laughs> um, so it's not like it's crazy. Like yeah, everyone's like, hey, he's Rutgers through and through. And I'm like, yeah, not really, because he tried going somewhere else before going to Rutgers. So yeah, um, he did. He did what he did. And this is the way of the portal. This is how it works. You get a kid. From Loyola, Maryland, the Greyhounds, he's pretty good. Get him for a year. He's actually pretty good at this level, and it's like, shit, he has another year left? All right, see you later. It's Jacob Young's situation all over again. Like, this is kind of, I mean, yeah. Jacob was here for more years, obviously, but. This is a little This is a little worse, and I'll kind of go into why. So the, the transfer portal window, I think it was just established this past offseason by the NCAA, mm-hmm. where you have a certain period of time to enter the portal. Football is different than basketball. The, the time periods and where they fall on the counter are different. But basically, you had between March and May. So I think it was March 11th to like May 11th. You had like 60 days post-basketball yep. season to enter the portal. 60 days come and pass, doesn't enter the portal. 
two weeks after the portal closes, because he's a grad transfer, he can transfer at any time. He enters the transfer portal. Now, there's a lot of speculation that all these potential grad transfers now immediately have more value once the, the transfer portal window closes. And it makes sense because they are the only ones who still can transfer and not have to sit out without a waiver. Mm-hmm. So what it sounds like is that a lot of these pl- programs have huge NIL funds. They missed on guys that were in the portal mm-hmm. or they missed on, you know, younger players that can only enter the transfer portal in that period. So now they have to move on to their grad transfer list. So now they're going down looking who they can potentially get and probably putting a lot of feelers out there. Mm-hmm. And this is probably one of the feelers they put out. They probably put out a feeler to somebody that was close to Cam Spencer and he was made aware of the situation and he probably was going to make a lot more with that NAL deal with, with whatever he's making at Rutgers because he does have something at Rutgers. Mm-hmm. It's not like no every ba- they, KTR announced that every basketball player, both men's and women's and football player, have an NIL deal of some sort with KTR. And that's not even including stuff they're getting outside of that. So he probably got an offer that he couldn't refuse. Almost six figures is what you're hearing, right, Rich? And now it's Very become close. a bidding war. But yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But, but Rutgers didn't get a chance to match either. Like he he wasn't yeah. ready to like it's not a secret. Like we could do all this stupid beefing on Twitter all we want. Like, number one, what are we doing? Just tag each other. Stop being like pussies. Like just like, <laughs> like it's ridiculous. It's like subtweet, subtweet, subtweet. And I'm like, dude, stop. Like, number one. Number two, let me in the beef if we're gonna do this. I wanna get in. <laughs> I've been gone for a couple days. I got my little vacation. I'm fucking back. Let's let's do let's do this. Let's talk nil. Let's talk all the BS. Let's let's stop hiding the money. Let's stop yeah, like yeah. everyone just be vocal about it. We all know he's getting ninety k from Georgetown. Let's stop hiding it. Now all of a sudden, like, not obviously he didn't accept it fully. That was, his plan was to go to Georgetown, DMV kid, like I said, and as a grad transfer for a brand new coach who has a shitty program in Georgetown and Ed Cooley, this is what you want. You're going to go after grad transfers because you need to be good ASAP. And this is a guy that could help you. Now, mind you, like I said before, Creighton, Michigan. Um, there's like seven others, like lower level schools, but that have reached out and Rutgers didn't get a chance to match. That's the end of the day. That's, it is what it is. It just seems like you didn't really care to be here. Like that's yeah. all right. So that's fine. Then you go back in the portal, you find another one like him because last year he was just sitting in the portal pretty late. Then you just do it again. This is the way of the land of the wild, wild west. I don't, I, from just from like a, I know I'm not a business major or anything like that. I'm not some type of CEO or anything like that. But like, I just don't get why he wouldn't go back to Rutgers and just see, like, just to see. Like, uh, like they probably, at the end of the day, like, the worst thing that Rutgers would have said is, no, we're not matching it. Then you would have known. But the fact that just to not go back, just to even see, maybe, I mean, by the, you, you just never know. That's just, that's just like my opinion is like, you just never know. And I just don't know why he didn't do it. And um, yeah. And I, the only thing I reason I could think of is that he figured that if he did go back, then it probably would have leaked out and then he would have looked bad. But at the same time that it's like, he, first of all, he doesn't even have a social media, so it's not like he's going to hear. And it's not like he's going to hear from really anybody. And like now he looks bad anyway. So I just, I just, that part, I just didn't get. Which is why I think it's a done deal already. I think he was already set on leaving. He didn't care. Like, yeah, I, and people, there's so many people have said, they're like, Rutgers wouldn't match 90K. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you don't think like a Towers or a Rotkin or a Garuti would have been like, yo, like, we love hoops. Well, here's your 90K. Like, 
Yeah, the best thing that could happen to you is in something like this is to start a bidding war. So why are you taking why are you taking one less team out of it? Like just let well, Rutgers just let like that's what even that's if they didn't match already. it. That's what what was that? That's, that's I mean that's what's happening now. Like you that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and then the offers start coming in. So all these guys also talk. Like they're all close. Like I'm sure that they have a rough idea what everyone's making in NIL. And let's say that Cam got an offer that he knows is you know, five times what anyone's making, how is, like, that's going to destroy the locker room. If he's making a, you know, orders of magnitude larger deal than anyone else, you don't think that's going to make everybody be like, well, okay, I need my bump now. I need this. I need that. It's, it sucks. But until our NIL program is at the level that we want it to be at, and we'll kind of get into that later, because there was a pretty groundbreaking article that came from, uh, NJ.com, I think they interviewed John Newman and they talked about like goals and kind of where KTR is at at the moment. But until we get to that level, like we really do need to just have this fine balance of like not giving somebody way more than any other player because it's just going to destroy the locker room. See, now I thought about that too, but I feel like that's like a little brother mentality too, because like everyone else is doing this. Like you just got to pay people. End of the day, you just got to. I get it. You all want money, but if you're not, if you're not playing up the par, you're not getting money. That's that's how it's professional sports at this point. It's a, yeah. it's not a contract per se, but it is kind of too. So like, the higher, the better players are going to earn more money. And it, this yeah. is like it happens with football. Like you don't think Gavin Williams had six figure salary or salary six figure um, nil deal came out when he got on campus. He didn't even. Like, and then you had still Art Sikowski and Noah Vedral there, not making anything near that. And it's like, yeah. are they pissed? Probably, but at the end of the day. You still got to play. Like, it's just. Yeah, like, and we were talking about the best player by far. So it's sorry. Sorry to cut your car. No, you're off. good. But I was going to say, we were talking about this. Oh, sorry, Richard. I cut you no, off. no, no, you're good. You're good. I was going to say, we were talking about this off camera, but it's like, I just don't think in this current, like, format of way things are, you're never going to have balance because, like, okay, so you pay Cam Spencer a little bit more than somebody who might have either had as good, if not better, or slight, maybe slightly less of a season then they're going to want more money. And then they see other people get, it's just going to be, it's like the way things are set up now, it's just like whack-a-mole. Cause you see one guy get paid. Hey, I want to get paid. Hey, I want to get paid. And then you, you, you knock one down and then the next one pops up. So it's just like, I just don't think the way things are right now, you're ever going to have balance. Like there's always going to be somebody who wants the bag. And if they don't get it, they're going to leave. That's just I mean, how it is. Though. That's their power. And it's nothing against them to, for exercising that power, but it's just the way the thing, the way college, Athletics are set up right now. Free agency. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yep. I think. Yeah, I think what's mainly turning off a lot of fans is like you used to be able to just have a guy for four years or five years, and there's you know this built-in loyalty, and I think that's why you saw a guy like Caleb not even consider other schools when he last year when he was deciding whether or not to come back, and he took an NIL deal to, to return. I think that's kind of why you're seeing it with Paul and Cliff too. But we're kind of at the end of the era in terms of loyalty for players, because, like you said, they're gonna everyone on the team this offseason has been tampered with for basketball, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's not the same roughly number for football as well. So, like these guys are getting well. They're I know. I guarantee you, it's not everyone. There, there was Aaron Lewis got tampered with. Sam Brown got tampered say, with. Yeah, I, was yeah. Say, I think we knew that. There's yeah. a good deal of players that probably could have left for nil purposes on yes. the football team. They, they did a good job of retaining them. But we're at the end of that era. Like there is no loyalty. Like I was here two years. Like this is you know the place 
where, you know, I felt like I grew up, like all that kind of stuff. Because if you're only there for a year and then you got schools contacting you for these huge NIL offers, like you don't have time to really kind of fall in love with the place. Like you might like it, but you spend five years, four years at a place and your fifth year, you're trying to decide whether you're going to Blue Blood X or stay at your school and keep your, you know, your, your status at the school. You, you, it's hard. It's much harder to leave that situation than it is after your freshman year. So it's, it's a changing landscape and it's so much harder to navigate than professional sports. Because professional sports, there's like a salary cap. There's fixed length contracts. You don't want to play. Well, you're on under contract. So too bad. Like college sports, it's nothing like that. You can leave after a semester if you want to. No strings attached. No penalties whatsoever. Even if there's, you know, a situation where you have to get a waiver, they're fucking, they're, they're giving them away like toilet paper. At least they were previously. So it's so easy to just get up and go that it's, it's a way different. It's a much tougher battle to fight in college sports than professional sports. And I, yeah. I don't like when people keep comparing it to professional sports because they're not the same animal at all. There's no salary cap. Everything's dark money. Free for Everything all. is <laughs> a free for all. It's literally like the best comparison is the wild west. Like you go out there, you claim a piece of territory. Somebody comes over and says, I want it. They don't, you don't want to give it up. They shoot you dead. Then they take it. <laughs> That's basically what's happening with NIL. So it is not an easy situation to navigate. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of coaches are just fed up with it and pulling their hair out. It is not easy to manage. And it's nothing like professional sports other than there's money being paid to people to play sports. That's really the end of the, the comparison. It's already happening right now. I mean, Jay Wright, he, I think he retired quit earlier than he was going to. What did you say? Yeah, he quit because of it. Yeah, Jay Wright. I think I think Shashevsky retired a little bit earlier than he probably wanted to or would have because it's just like you know, it's, it's, it's like almost impossible. It's the way it's structured right now. It's basically almost impossible to rebuild, and it's almost impossible to sustain like a, a like a uh, like a success like that just because everybody's on one year deals, and it's like. I don't like, I don't, I don't like, obviously I don't want to go back to the way things were. That's not the answer. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's not going to happen. Like, but the way things are right now, this is like, this is to me, this isn't the answer either. Like you said, this is just like the wild west. It's not like professional sports where guys are con under contract. Like everybody here is just on one year deals and guys leave, like you said, after a semester. And we, let's be honest, we know guys get tampered with probably in season. And that's probably, so they have things lined up. The second the season ends, that's why you see guys so quickly hit the portal and find a spot so quickly. So it's just like, it's like, I, I, like I said, this is the, the way things are right now. It's just, this is not, this is not how college sports should be, in my opinion. It's, it's been like this though. That's the thing. Right? I know, I know, but it's not an excuse to make things even easier. I, I'm not saying it's easier. It's just public now. It's public yeah, I know, knowledge. Like, it's it's, also, I also think it's a little bit, now it's just like, I, yeah. The Indianas and the Dukes and the Sy look at Syracuse, for example. Like they were buying players, and Bayheim's like, we never bought anyone. And it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> yeah, yes, you did. Yeah. yeah. And now they can't because their best donor just dipped on them and said, fuck it, I'm out. And now he's at Binghamton. Mm -hmm. um, side note, if you're Rutgers, you should probably reach out to that guy. He's cool, kind of local ish, kind of, not really, but you can you can figure something out. But um, yeah, no, it's it's just this is how it is, and this is not changing anytime soon. You can't go from zero to a hundred back to fifty. We've we've said this a couple times on yeah. here. I think it's just too late. Like you, maybe you can rescind it back to ninety percent, but it's like I I don't know. This is just this is the way it is. And end of the day, you want these guys to to stay at Rutgers, 
pay up. You don't need the collective to do it. Not like that little segue there. Now we're going to talk about the collective. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like you can just pay a player straight up. You don't need a collective in order to do it. Like that's what a lot of these people are doing. Like, yeah, there's a look at the life wallet guy, Diaz or whatever. Not Diaz. Diaz is the old coach. Was it Diaz? It might be Diaz. It's John Ruiz. Ruiz. Yeah. Um, He's just fucking paying them straight up. He's like, I'm the GM. Fuck you guys. Like, here you go. Here you go. You don't think he's talking to the staff saying like, hey, like, who do we want? How much? Here you go. I don't care. Yep. Like that's just how it works now. Like it's, it's tough. But the only thing, yeah, honestly, the only thing I ask for at this point is just regulation. Like I think we've, we've over the last few years we've been seeing so many different like explanations and people just describing all these different things. It's just like at the end of the day, like all all I think this needs is regulation. I know it's not going to happen probably for never. Yeah, because it took them a century to get to this point, so it's probably going to take them another century to get to you know. To, to figuring out how to you know regulate but whether it's i don't know whether i, I like it's not my but my period to figure out what the regulation should be but just like though i think at some point it just has to get to the, it has to be like that because like it's yeah having guys on one year having guys on one year contracts every year is just like it's not sustainable isn't that what one and dones are though pretty much yeah but they go to the nba like yeah. so that like, so, like I have nothing obviously nothing against going to the NBA like if you can go to the NBA that's you're going to the NBA yeah well this yeah. is where the Pikels Pikels recruiting can kind of help them now you get those under the radar kids they got that loyalty going already built in trust and then you get the one and dones because that's where they're recruiting now and it's like all right fuck it we only need one year that's it and then there you go keep going yeah but and the problem is if those under the radar guys do good. And the gotta, one gotta, and done, they're gone. And then the end of radar guys do good. Well, that's 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 another reason that like we've referenced this previously. Like these these G five programs or these you know these power these yeah. uh, Division one programs that are like in the MAC or whatever, their their recruiting pitch has totally changed. Now it's hey, come here, we'll feature you. After two years, you can enter the portal. Mm-hmm. You can go to a higher program, but you know, you come here, we'll teach you all the things you need. You'll be a star and then you can move on. Like that is literally the recruiting pitch for some of these lower level schools. And like, if you take a, like you said, a diamond in the rough and he flourishes by his second year and he's a starter and he's really good, he's going to get the same NIL deal that, you know, a high four-star kid at a high school is going to get. So it's really, it's not a sustainable model because you can recruit well, develop well. And at the end, you're just giving them someone else if you can't match the NIL. And I don't think it's any surprise that the teams that always were cheating back in the day have the best NIL programs because now it's just above grade. Now you can just be honest with where the money's coming from. You can yeah. just you know shine a light on the dark corner of college recruiting and sh- just see, oh, Bama really was paying people millions. Oh, Auburn really was paying people all this money. Miami really was paying all these people money. So it's it's not a surprise that you know the 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 shady programs are doing really well in the, the era of NIL because they were already paying them. Now they can just do it like in front of everyone else. But the NIL collective uh, discussion is interesting because there was, they've been the, the Knights of the Raritan have been pretty buttoned up with a lot of the information because it's a competitive advantage. You don't want to tell how much you're kind of making and whatnot, but I think they hit the point this weekend where they kind of had to, to, to be forthright about it in order to kind of, hope there's going to be some change. So Knights of the Red Room was founded about a year ago, uh, early May of 2022. So let's just call it a year. They've been around for a year. And in that time, they've gotten roughly a thousand monthly donor donors to the program. 
uh, and they've raised about $1.5 million in the first year. Now they put a, they basically did an analysis and they said in order to sustain our programs, so our athletic department programs, we need about $10 million a year. So right now they've, they've made 1.5 million. And a lot of that came from that million dollar donor drive that they had, I believe at the end of the year, right? right yeah. Around like December. Whatever that match was. So they made about a million dollars in that uh, million dollar match drive, a little bit more, $1.5 million total. And we need $10 million to sustain our athletic program. So we were at 15% if we can match what we made last year right now. Uh, and they said that 65% of that roughly would go to football. Another 20% would go to bas men's basketball and the rest would go to women's basketball and wrestling. So where is that million, that 10 million coming from? Like they need big donors or they need corporate sponsors because we don't have the volume as Rutgers fans as the, as an athletic department. Like we've had problems with donors for years getting money. So we need some kind of corporate sponsorship or we need these guys sitting on the sidelines that are, you know, eight, nine, 10 figure personal wealth to, to step in and kind of save us because that's how a lot of these programs with really good NIL programs, it's around Rutgers stature, at least like it's like two, three, four, five people who are really propping everything up. So that's, kind of, that's the only way I see Rutgers getting out of this NIL hole is to find basically a sugar daddy. The, that's the thing though. I and mean, that's what I'm saying before. Like it's not just NIL collectives. Like it's obviously number one, let's, let's just talk about this. You have to recruit still at the end of the day. It's not just NIL. Yeah. This 10 million is just to retain your roster. I'm assuming. Yep. Uh, six and a half for football. I, it's not going to get you much. Like I can tell you based on other programs and stuff, that's not getting you a lot. Like maybe it will rain, retain this roster, but that's not going to get you much recruiting wise nowadays. So, I mean, it's put the six mil towards hoops. Do it. <laughs> like honestly, that's the way you're gonna you're gonna win hoops. You're gonna win a lot of fucking recruiting battles with hoops because Pykele number one is already proved to be a great recruiter. Brandon Knight's a great recruiter. T.J. Thompson's a great recruiter. You give them nil money, and look what happens. Oh, look, Ace Bailey's here all of a sudden. Yeah, does Ace Bailey have connections to the program? Yeah, Ace Bailey also has an nil agent. Like, it's no secret that like Ace is going to Rutgers for an nil deal as well. He's had what his top like I think he had a top ten list. Out of that top ten, I think six of them are well known NIL programs. The other four probably still have NIL. Like his whole recruitment was based on NIL for the most part, along with recruiting as well. And that's where the Brandon Knight connection comes in. But like it's not just a collective at the end of the day. So that's why I think there's more money in there, like out there for Rutgers than people think. Like I know they're trying to say it's low and you don't want to say a high number because if you say a high number, everyone's going to be like, why would I donate if they already have the money? But there is money there. Like other, other everyone talks about it. Like, and even the camps like yesterday, like people are like, yeah, Rutgers has a pretty solid NIL base. And I'm like, yeah, well, the article said 1.5 mil. Like it's more than that. Like it's not just collectives anymore. Like that's just the collective. Yes. And that helps with the retaining players. But in terms of getting players on campus, it's, it's there's still stuff out there. Like, I don't know. It's I, I like I said, six mil, seven mil. So that's all you got. If you got one and a half, honestly, just put it all towards hoops. And I'm, I'm going to re uh, retain Cliff. I'm going to retain Caleb McConnell, which basically happened. I'm going to retain my roster, and that's that's what I'm going to do. Like football, like no, it's not going to hurt football too much because like 
those uh, those other uh, like some of these NFL for football are ridiculous. It's like ten times worse than hoops. It used yeah. to be slimy hoops recruiting. Now it's slimy football recruiting. And yep. I think that's that's probably the better way to go. Maybe I'm ranting a little bit and just going a little off topic, but like. Well, something I was wondering was uh, so. I think I've mentioned this a while back, but like if I'm going to use like Jersey Mike's as an example, like so Jersey Mike's pays. No, 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 no. I know. I'm just using them as an example. No, I just hate that everyone says no, it. It's like, that's, yeah, it's just because. Yeah, yeah. No, stop. So, so business. Sorry. Well, the only reason I use Jersey Mike's is because I look at it as like, so they spent, what was it, 30 million to obviously name mm-hmm. the rack Jersey Mike's Arena. So how come, let's just say Jersey Mike's pays them whatever amount of money you want to make up for the NIL? Like, is why couldn't Ruck, then that's even more to me. That's even more of a marketing opportunity where you pay them, help them with their NIL, and you can just slap Jersey Mike's, you know, posters all over the arena, sell even more Jersey Mike's food. Like, why can't something like that for, a, a, even if it's not Jersey Mike's, why can't like a business get involved and make it more of like, I guess, a marketing from a marketing standpoint, you know, you know what I'm saying? They can get involved, but they're not going to because they're such a national brand now. Like it's not, I know it's Jersey Mike's, but they're such a yeah. national brand. They're sponsoring the NCAA final four. They're sponsoring the championship stuff. Like their sponsors are all over college athletics. And yes, it's nice that it, they named their arena. That's huge. That's great for Rutgers, but they're just, they don't give a shit like about certain like specific players when they can sponsor the entire fucking tournament. Like, but I look at it from a marketing standpoint where it's just like like you spent thirty million to put your name on a building that's over forty years old. Why not spend a, give them a little bit more money to help them with their NIL and you can put even more you can have the Jersey Mike's kissing booth. Like you know what I'm saying? Like Craig, I don't know what the fuck's in your mind right now. <laughs> I get it. You, you wanna go like hey hey Cliff, like you wanna do the kissing booth? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I see a lot of opportunity there. Um, it's the night report kissing, but Craig, you a little smooch, <laughs> Jersey Mike's Italian self. Ta- no, you would have Danny DeVito sitting there, and that okay. Now play, you're yeah, see, now now it doesn't no. sound so that's, crazy. That's my thing, though, is they're gonna get guys like Danny DeVito and like stuff like that. They're gonna, if they're gonna get anyone, I'll be honest with you, not gonna get a Rutgers athlete, they're gonna go get Bryce Young or someone else. Like, I don't even know if Jersey Mike sponsors athletes at all. I think they just straight up sponsor the tournaments. They're old school advertising, which it works. It's not a complaint, but that's where like companies like Nike and Adidas have to get more involved, which they are. They're, they're sponsoring athletes specific. The one girl, I think, I forget where she's going. She transferred and she has like an Adidas sponsorship, but she's playing at a Nike school. So it's like, and they're still yeah, keeping that sponsorship Haley going. Lith, I think. Yeah. Um, she used to play at Louisville, which was an Adidas school. And now she's playing at LSU, which is a Nike school. And basically, Adidas said, "I don't care. We'll still sponsor you. You got to wear. We got to wear on the on the court, but off yeah. the court, you're Adidas." So that's where I'm, I'm intrigued. If like apparel deals just die all together, and it's just like, "Hey, we're just going to sponsor like this ex athlete, ex athlete, this," and then everyone's just wearing whatever they want, really. Yeah. Which I mean, in fairness, should have been, but I don't know what am who am I to judge? But anyway. Enough ranting, done yelling. Yeah, and I, I, I don't have a. If we, if there was an easy solution to this problem, we would have figured it out already. We were now a couple years into this. It took us about what was it, almost two years to get a collective at Rutgers. We finally have a respectable one, and there's programs that are still even getting a decent collective off the ground. Like we've spoken to people who would know from like Seton Hall, and Seton Hall is like 
totally inept in in they're like way behind even Rutgers in terms of like getting a collective together, getting people serious about it. Ultimately, it's going to take, you know, we need a hero to step up like Batman in these dark times. We're Gotham City. We have, you know, shit going on all over the streets. We need somebody to come clean it up. We need a hero. So if you're out there and you got a fat wallet and you want to come in and be a hero to Rutgers Athletics, be that shining light, be the Batman, be the Batman for Rutgers Athletics, be that person who's willing to basically donate millions of dollars to the NIL program because that's what we need. We need somebody who doesn't give a shit who is all about Rutgers athletics, who just wants to make an impact. The biggest impact you could possibly make ever at Rutgers athletics is being Rutgers sugar daddy. I also kind of got a fat just, wallet, be the sugar daddy. Be sugar talking, daddy Batman. talking to you, Elon, Elon Musk. Hear me yeah. out. Kick, kick had the greatest idea ever. And this was back in July. Oh like, yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. He said, just give him give him like 10 million a year, which honestly he was spot on back then. Mm-hmm. Um, drop in a bucket, make some national title contenders. I'm going to go, no, that doesn't make the national title contenders right now, but, but it would be huge. And then it would also help him, uh, promote like, you know, Twitter, this, that, a third Tesla, whatever the other stuff. And the then Elon Musk kissing booth. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> why, why are you so fixated on this kissing booth, Craig? What's I don't your know. Master plan here? <laughs> Give the guy one boost in the title. And now he's just uh, going off the rails. <laughs> God, uh, Chris Chris would have never did this. Yeah, you sure? Chris would have never asked for a kissing know. booth. <laughs> oh God! All right, what's next? Anyway. All right, so uh, it was also it was also kind of announced uh, this weekend that Paul Mulcahy is coming back. It wasn't announced like social media, but our insiders are telling us that Paul is coming back, which is huge because Rutgers did not have a lot of depth, like as you kind of previously were talking about yeah. the depth chart. Uh, was you know the, the, the scholarship depth chart was posted on Twitter by the Rutgers Rivals account. Mm-hmm. We have four open scholarships currently. Um, yes. So not a great situation to be in. So uh, getting Paul back is huge. Um, even though I, I think he might be thrust into a starting role again, given that Cam's not coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's just talk about I guess the roster. We still got to land at least one or two portal guys at this point. Still right, like. Yeah, this we can't go into the season with only nine scholarship players, or ten scholarship players, whatever it's at. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, for starters, number one, we can talk about how like you said it before. You, I'll mention it on here again. The entire roster was tampered with, and that includes Paul. Like the fact that Paul's coming back is huge. Like he had some significant offers on the table, but here's the loyalty factor. He stayed. He's staying put. It sounds like. Um. So I mean, yeah, it's good to maintain him. I retain him. He's going to probably be a starter. I think he'll be like in that three role. I saw some rosters projections and I did discord and stuff like that. And I don't see it. I don't see most of them. I don't see him high and Griffiths all starting. I just don't think that's realistic. Um, I do think it's definitely Fernandes is a starter. I, I still think you go get a shooting guard. I don't know who um, the portals open still technically. Like there's a lot of names in there, so you can kind of go pick and choose. I don't know any specific names off the top of my head that are, they're actually reaching out to yet, but it'll be something to keep an eye on. And I think they actually go for a four too. Like I know everyone wants Griffiths to start, but if you notice, Pykel's always tended to go to the veteran guys as the starters first. And with mag out more than likely till December, January, I, I don't want to put Hyatt in that role because we've seen Hyatt in that four role and it just doesn't fit in my opinion. I think he's better off the bench. So right now I think you only have two solidified starters, three, if you count on cliff coming back and, 
the other two will probably be transfers, and that's that's perfectly fine. It's just I just don't know who's going to fill those transfer spots. Yeah, I mean, just I saw people were discussing, of course, after Cam left, his the impact that he would leave on the team. Like, and I saw, I think Andy Katz was talking about it too. That it, it doesn't, what doesn't derail their season, which I agree with. I don't think it completely derails their season, but it's a mm-hmm. it's a humongous impact. Like the guy was your leading score. I mean, I guess yeah, the offense wasn't yeah. great last year, but he was, but he was your leading score. And losing Cam is a huge impact. I think we talked about like if they were to lose Mac, that would have been a huge impact. So it's just like you can't understand like you can try, but you can't understate the, these guys impacts to this team. So now losing Cam. Yeah, you're right. You're probably going to have to find a transfer to go out there and fill in that starting. I think now I think now Gavin probably might finds himself a starter just out of necessity. And you you hope he can be the shooter that uh, Cam was. So it's just like. It's just, it's just, I guess, just thinking about it again, it's just aggravating and a little, it's just annoying how, like, you're, like, we were talking about this team, like, hey, this team could fight for a Big Ten title going into the season. It could be a great season. And then the snap of your fingers, your season's completely just, the complexion is completely changed. And that's just kind of annoying, but that's just the way things are. Yeah. Cause Cam, I mean, you talk about intensity. Like, I think Pike had said he was, there's never been he's never been around a more competitive guy than Cam, and I kind of believe it. Like he, he had this crazy work ethic where he would you know get in a ton of shots before and after games, like you know late at night. Like this guy was just always working, um, so that's really tough to replace. It would be really tough to replace a guy like Paul this late as well. It's gonna ultimately we're not gonna find a guy who can in the transfer portal who can even kind of be close to what we got out of Cam in my opinion, at this point. So you, you need depth. You need quality depth. You also want guys who fit into Pike's system. You're really threading the needle this late in the transfer portal. So I trust Pike can land somebody, but I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think that person is kind of staring him in the face. Maybe I know a lot of Fairfield guys just entered the portal. Maybe kind of you have an easy in there with Jay Young, but mm-hmm. still, it's not like Pike recruited those guys. He just has, you know, one of his trusted assistants there as head coach and you can give like honest opinions about them. So I don't know. It's, it's not a great situation to be in this late in in the calendar to try and be finding a couple impact players, but we're here. We'll see what we can find. A lot of the guys we had previously talked about, like Jay Powell committed elsewhere. Um, that dude from Florida state, the cloud guy committed of Syracuse. So the, the, it's, the pool is very shallow at this point. So you just got to hope that being Rutgers, being a team that's competed for an NCAA tournament berth the last four years, made it twice. It's got to be an attractive landing. It is an attractive landing spot for a lot of these guys. A lot more attractive than going to, you know, I don't know, Iona or, you know, St. Peter's or wherever else that is also probably looking for guys at this point in the, in the calendar. Scene Hall. Scene Hall. It's not an easy, it's just not easy. There's, Everybody needs an extra depth player at this point. It's a like we previously said. It's you got to recruit these guys, and you also probably need to pay them in NIL. So, yeah, great situation to be in. And oh yeah, he also needs to hire an assistant coach too. No biggie. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Do we have any updates on the assistant coaching search? No, um, not anything significant. It seems like um, I could. I guess we could talk about the what was the guy's name from Yale, associate head coach. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I was told he interviewed last time too. So he interviews every time Pike has an opening. I was, I was told. Mm-hmm. Which, wow. 
He's that close to Pike. His name's um, Loxley. Kingsley, Kingsley, right? Kingsley. I think. Yeah, that was yeah Matt yeah. Kingsley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the associate head coach at Yale. He runs the offense there, runs a pretty good offense. Um, I, I mean, he sounds like he's pretty good. I don't know in terms of recruiting-wise, but it doesn't really matter, I guess, because you have two pretty good recruiters already. Um, not really a veteran guy, but he played for Pike during Pykele's interim years as interim head co- one year as interim head coach at Wesleyan. And uh, he played under Pike, and he, him and Pike are very close. He's obviously moved up the ranks quite a bit. Um, I, I mean, it's not it's it's an interesting name, but and it makes sense because Pike wants a guy that's close with him, a guy that has connect. It doesn't have to be a guy that has connections, but someone that Pike trusts. Like this is what it's it's almost like the team. Like you need a culture, and you want to get someone that fits that culture. Like you don't want to get someone like a big name ace shark recruiter to step on Brandon Knight's toes and Brandon Knight's your associate head coach. Like you want to, you want to get someone that's just going to fit the mold and kind of work with these guys and we're all, everyone work together and go from there. But uh, yeah, nothing, nothing too new other than Kingsley. Um, now, as I say that I, I can almost guarantee you, we turn off this podcast and they make a hire. <laughs> I think you mentioned though, they want more of an up and comer rather than an est- like an established name, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, which Kingsley, I guess, kind of fits that mold because he's never been like a high major coach. Um, I don't think Yale's considered high major. What is it? Low, mid major, something like that. Uh, well, it depends Brainy. on who you ask. Because I'm sure Richard Kent would say they're every program in the academy should be considered a high major. Yeah. In reality, I would say that they're mid. middle of the pack. Mid. They're they're like they're like <laughs> one of the best leagues that are not one of the best non Power Five leagues. Yeah, no, I mean they're not a bad Artists program. Power six like, in basketball. Yeah, they're it's not a bad program at all. So I mean, like, it is what it is, and uh, I don't think he's a, he would be a bad hire. And I'd keep a name, an eye on other names like Dan Ricard, who's worked with Pike, and he was technically at Rutgers, who we've mentioned before for like two months before I don't know what happened. He went back to Stony Brook as associate head coach. Um, he also coached a women's program as associate head coach, which I found interesting. So yeah, different different viewpoints for uh, the, how the game works. And uh, yeah, those are only really two like legitimate names that I know of right now. I know others are throwing out, throwing shit at a wall still. Um, we we already confirmed McConnell's out, Dave Lato's out. Um, There's someone else that was out. I can't remember who, but but I'm, I'm sure we said it on here enough that people remember. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that's all we really got. All right, so we talked a lot about basketball. Um, Let's pivot to football. You were at the Rivals uh, football camp this past weekend. You saw yes. some Rutgers targets. Just tell us about where the camp was, how it went overall, uh, who you thought stood out. Uh, it was around the corner um, from Rutgers. It was at Piscataway High School, which is always nice. Uh, I don't have to go far. Players don't have to go far. Um, pretty pretty good group. Um, a lot of Jersey guys. Uh, I saw Jalen McClain. Um, Kosh Sanders, Jason Willis, uh, Willie Love, all these guys, Corey Duff, all these guys kind of were hanging out for the most part. Um, Corey Duff and Jason Willis are probably the two, and Willie Love are the three main Rutgers targets right now. Jason uh, Willis recently announced an official visit. He also has official visits to South Carolina, Pittsburgh, and Michigan. Um, that being said, I don't know if he's running back at the next level. He's big, he's bulky. He runs people over. There's a blocking drill that they did where he just he manhandled kids. Um, it's not surprising, but I just don't know if he's a running back at the next level. That's my big question mark on him. But I don't think Rutgers fans have to worry too much because it does sound like he's probably still going to end up out of state, which is fine, whatever. 
uh, hopefully not Michigan, hopefully one of those other two in South Carolina or Pitt. But um, other than that, Willie Love was there. Willie Love kind of worked as a linebacker, and I think he's starting to embrace that role. He's, he's always been a DB his entire life, but he's a legit like 6'4", 210, 220 around there. And I'm like, everyone's like, yeah, he's a DB. I'm like, is he though? Come on. Like, is he? So he kind of embraced the linebacker role a little more in the one-on-ones this this uh, this camp, and he didn't look bad. He looked pretty good. I think he's I think he's a good prospect. Um, I think Rutgers has a great shot. He only has one official visit, but after talking to some people in the know, he wants to schedule all five. So we'll see what happens there. I do like Rutgers' chances there still. So that's going to be one to keep an eye on. Um, who was the other one? Corey Duff. Corey Duff won wide receiver MVP, and um, not just one. Like he, I guess, could be a tight end, but he ran with the wide receivers. Um, he doesn't have the speed, I think, in my opinion, to be a wide receiver at that next level, but Rutgers will take him as a wide receiver because they are done with tight end recruiting. They got Keener and the other kid whose name's slipping my mind right now. Um, Uganaya. Uh, yes, that could be why it was slipping my mind. Cause I can't pronounce it. Um, but yeah, no, he looked, Corey Duff looked really good. He's got great hands, uh, great body control, good route running. Um, it's just the lack of speed at wide receivers scares me a little bit. So I think he'll eventually be that new hybrid tight end type. Um, I think, I think he's phenomenal. I just, now that he won MVP, what happened last year, a wide receiver that was considering Rutgers won rivals camp MVP. He flipped and flipped again. And now he's at Georgia. Um, so that's something to monitor. Like, I know people are like, yeah, I think uncle Lenny also said that right now, Corey Duff is 75% UNC, 25% Rutgers, but the mom mm-hmm. really wants uh, Corey at Rutgers. Um, so yeah. that's kind of an update on the status there. Yeah, he was actually rocking Miami gloves too, and we've we've heard their name mentioned quite a bit. They weren't too interested any recently, but I mean, I, I know people are going to like probably hate on this, but like the fact that he won Rivals Camp MVP is a big deal. Like this film from the camp goes out, several colleges subscribe, like – not to me specifically. I mean, yeah, maybe specifically too, but, but like they subscribe to get the videos from the camps and like, they're going to see these camps and they're going to be like, they're like, Oh shit. Like, this is what happened last year was Jaseen Haynes. He won rivals camp MVP and everyone's like, Oh yeah. Rutgers got an MVP. Like, great. Then all of a sudden it's like, Oh shit. Like this man just added like 12 power five offers. Why that, how'd that happen? Cause he won rivals camp MVP. This is the best of the best competing. Like this is what it is. So I think his recruitment's going to explode a little bit more between that and between the fact that he's had a huge fucking spring. He won Under Armour Camp MVP. He won, he dominated the OTs. They flew him down to Miami to play in seven on sevens and paid for him to play. They didn't pay him straight up, but like they think he covered all the expenses on that shit. But like he, and he dominated the OT seven down there. That's where his name, that's where Miami came into play. Like, it's going to be tough as fuck to, to land him now. It's going to be a lot tougher. I think a lot of schools are going to come in in the next couple of weeks and show him a ton of love, but it does sound like North Carolina is prioritizing him big time. Um, Rutgers obviously wants him too. Uh, I think Miami might get back into fold. It wouldn't shock me if some others like South Carolina and a, f- a couple others he was talking to. I know um, when I went to the Under Armour camp in North Jersey two weeks ago, I, I think I said it on here actually. Dante Reno, I was doing an interview with Corey Duff and Dante Reno, who's the South Carolina quarterback commits like tell him to go to Carolina, go Gamecocks. And I'm like, what the fuck? And like, it, that might be a serious option now. Like this is uh this is how it works. So he was another good one. Uh, I'm trying to think who else I talked to. A lot of younger kids were actually pretty fond of Rutgers, which is always a good sign. Uh, they're starting to make some inroads uh, down in South Jersey a little more. 
Nothing crazy. Um, who else? I got my whole list right here. Karan Craig. And I, you probably like him because his name's last name's Craig, but yes, <laughs> he, he, uh, he won the running back MVP and this kid, I've, I've been on him since he was in eighth grade. Um, he's technically, I think he's listed as a cornerback for us, which is totally incorrect, but he's five eleven, one sixty five. He got his first offer in eighth grade a couple years ago. Uh, Rutgers has offered him. Rutgers actually hosted him on a visit. He won MVP for the running backs over like several other power five dudes like legitimate four-star power five guys i was extremely impressed with him um i think if you're a rocker you got to do everything you can to get in the good graces of this kid like this kid is going to be a stud he already is actually i shouldn't say is going to be um stone saunders quarterback one mvp quarterback mvp um big ruckers uh target uh, Shiraka, I think, offered him during his time at uh, Minnesota. He was also the first Rutgers quarterback to be offered in the 2025 class. So something to monitor there. Um, he does have a couple other offers. I know Iowa's pushing a little bit. I know Miami was pushing a little bit, but I don't think Miami's going to really uh, land him. I think it's going. I think it'd be like a Rutgers, Pitt, Nebraska, Minnesota type Big Ten battle for him. He. Uh, there's some questions about his accuracy, but I, I actually thought he looked pretty good. He's got good arm strength. Um, trying to think who else was there. It's pretty much it for the most part in terms of Rutgers guys. Wasn't anything crazy. A lot of no-shows, uh, which always sucks. Everyone fucking pulled their hamstring, apparently, that day of. Like, weird, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, like, Vabu Ture was supposed to be there. He didn't show up. Um but yeah, a lot of big North Jersey kids showed up, and that, that was good. But at the end of the day, like I hate to say it, when's the last time Rutgers landed North Jersey kids? Like, so yeah, I think that's why you've kind of seen the recruiting base spread further and further into the Big Ten uh, territory in general, mm-hmm. you know, out towards you know Wisconsin now, and Ohio has been a big hotbed for a while. Um, yeah, down back into Florida, a good amount. It's yeah. It's not going to change. I think we're only going to see more national recruiting mm-hmm. um, by Greg and company. Um, oh, so now I did have a guy out in State College where the Elite 11 was on the same day on Sunday. And A.J. Serace was one of the better quarterbacks. He put him in the same category as the Penn State quarterback commit, Ethan Grukemeyer, who got the Elite 11 invite for the finals. Dante Reno, who I just mentioned, South Carolina commit. There was a... Uh, G5 kid, I forget what his name was, and then AJ Serace. And not in that order specifically, but he had him in the top group. He said AJ Serace actually looked really good, puts a lot of zip on his ball, which I kind of told you guys already. You saw on the video, obviously, a shitty day when I took the video, but you could still see some of his characteristics and his traits. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he he's continuing to dominate and he looks like a good quarterback uh, commit. I think he'll be a starter down the line. Um, if I was a betting man, I'd probably say he's – it's probably Gavin and then him, if I had to guess. Just based on – unless you get a transfer within those two two windows, whatever it is. Um, well, Shepard yeah. would be three. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I, I like Shepard. I think he's a good kid. I think he's decent, but I don't think he'll ever start on the banks. Yeah, but I'm just saying, but you didn't, you'd have three quarterbacks, you're going to add a fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. You, I think three is the the new number. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like I think Greg said that too. Like if you can have three, that's like a luxury at this point. Um, and it's it's tough with the portal. Like if you're any type of decent, like I I want to play, you want to play, he wants to play. Like three is the number. So mm-hmm. 
we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think uh, AJ Sarace is you got yeah you got a pretty good one in AJ Sarace, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if he uh, moves up the ladder a little bit. Wow, yeah, that's uh, that's we've heard nothing but positive things about Sarace since he committed, um, <clears throat> and he was a guy that you know Gleason was obviously really close with, and I think a lot of us kind of wrote off landing him after Gleason left, and then very quickly. Uh, into early, very early into this off season, he ended up committing to Rutgers. So, yeah, uh, really excited about him. Um, just all right, guys. So we've gone over a lot here today. Is there anything else you guys wanted to hit on before we sign off? Well, I was just gonna say I was looking up in your background, Mike. I just want to let the people know that we didn't we didn't kidnap Mike and lock him in a in a like a, a crazy room. Mike actually just moved. <laughs> Mike, you want to tell us a little bit about your uh, your uh, new place? It basically does look like a padded room without the padding <laughs> the walls yet. Um, yeah, is Sega Genesis on the ground? What the hell is that? Uh, there's a PlayStation, a PlayStation Five next to me. Oh no, there's I'm talking about the one in the back, other one. I don't, I don't know what you can see. That, that little that little white thing. I thought it was like a oh, that little white gaming box. console. Yeah, what is it? So it, it's a. Hold on a second. Oh god. Um, <laughs> Anyway, it's not a GameCube, I can tell. No, yeah. it's not. Sorry, it's a. It's called a um, a backbone. So basically, what it is is you take your your cell phone, and you can connect on both sides this like controller piece, and you can uh, play, like, you can play like your uh, online. Your it's not AirPlay, it's the PlayStation remote thing. Anyway, it doesn't really work that well, so I have to okay. use it. But, so, so you're saying we can't play Spyro on it. You can't play really anything on it because everything is streamed to your phone and it's just everything is so laggy if your your internet's not like super fast. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Craig, you got any uh, thoughts about um, a certain someone retiring? I just noticed. Who? Cool. 19 seasons. Arguably the best Knicks player of our generation. What are we talking about? Come on, dude. You don't know that. Who's the best Knicks player of our generation? <laughs> Carmelo Anthony? Yeah, he just retired. Did he? I didn't yeah. even see that, honestly. Like a couple minutes I mean, ago. He didn't play this year, right? So, yeah. No. yeah. So, well, mean, then I guess pour one out for Mello. Pour one out for Mello. Pour one out for Chris. Um, <laughs> for what else? I'm, I'm missing something. Oh, baseball. Baseball this week. Big tournament. Literally, B1G tournament. Um, Craig, turn the phone off, dude. That wasn't mine. Oh. It was... I was just looking at something. Um, I think it's yours. Is it? It's on my phone. I don't have, I have a cell phone in front oh, of me. Oh, hi, Mike. Ah, <laughs> we found the culprit. <laughs> All right. Um, on that note, <laughs> what what is going on today? <laughs> um, yeah. So, Big Ten baseball tournament is today. Uh, not today. Tomorrow. I don't fucking know what day. Five twenty-three. That's tomorrow. Um, do we wait for Mike? What do we do here? You can just keep going. All right, I'm going to rant real quick. Um, number one, Rutgers tournament. Five, they don't even play tomorrow. They play, they're the only team in the first round that plays the 24th, so they're playing in two days. Um, 2 p.m. game, Nebraska Cornhuskers versus Rutgers Scarlet Knights, four and five seed matchup. Uh, there is a loser's bracket, which is like trippy. I'm looking at it right now. It's really messing with my head. It's a weird bracket. Um, so we'll see what happens. I, I think uh, Rutgers has a decent shot to win the Nebraska series. After that, they'll probably play the one seed, and that's where it gets a little rough. Maryland's had a great year. Um, but it's you never know, really. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens. It's the tournament. The tournament. Rutgers has made some noise in um, – not in baseball, but they made some noise in uh, the Big Ten tournament in basketball. I was his boss calling him, actually, so he had to go. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, yeah. So I think Rutgers has a shot to, if they want to make the NCAA tournament, they have to make a little bit of a run. That's not a question. I think that's actually a fact at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you said in the past, they have to win it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the night, the it. nice thing is if they can somehow beat Maryland, they kind of advance almost to the semis already. So mm-hmm. that'd be huge for them. It's, it's going to take a lot of, a lot of luck or it's going to take a lot of skill and a little bit of luck at least. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But the other thing I wanted to mention, you guys in the YouTube comments, man, I'm not <laughs> taking the hat off. I'll take it <laughs> off right now to show you my mean sunburn. But like, look at this thing. I messed up yesterday. This is bad. I know. Like, look oof. at that. And that's not because <laughs> it hat's tight. That's because it's sunburned right here because I, I fucked up. I was at a um, game yesterday too, and I'm a little burnt too. Yeah, yeah, I'm about to go outside and just sit outside so I can just even this out real quick. See, we um, don't tan. We just burn. It sucks. You see, now that's where that's where you would think, right? No, I go out. I get really dark. Uh, you get summer. tan? Yeah, I get really tan. I get farmer's um, tan. That's the problem. I have that now because of golf and yeah. all that. But anyway, um, other thing I wanted to mention, um, there was something important I had to mention too. Uh, yes, so thanks for all the ratings. Uh, I know Mike's usually doing this part. I guess I have to do it real quick. So just bear with me because it's not going to sound great. Thank you for all rating the podcast on Spotify, Apple, all that other good shit. Um, YouTube, subscribe if you haven't already. If you're not a member of the Night Report, you're missing out. Uh, I'm going to hype it up a little bit because I'm in charge, but I'll tell you right now, there's no better website. There's no better forum. There's no better place to be a Rutgers Scarlet Knights fan currently than the Night Report. The Roundtable message board is the OG message board. It's got OG Rutgers message board. It's got everyone and anyone on there. Richard Kent's on there posting his scoops now. Uh, he has shifted his scoops from the basketball board to the, the round table. So that's always good to see. Um, we always have tidbits, whether it be recruiting, whether it be apparel deals, which we've talked about. Um, anything and everything Rutgers is on that board. Um, in terms of the ratings, thank keep up the five-star ratings. I really appreciate it. To that one guy who emailed me saying he's not going to give me a five-star rating because of my cursing, I, I don't know what to fucking tell you. Like, <laughs> I said that in the nicest way possible. Um, it is what it is. I am who I am. I'm not going to change up. I'm never going to change up. I don't care how much money's in my pocket. I'm not a politician. I don't give a shit. I don't ever want to be a politician. Um, so unless, um, unless I'm getting a sick NIL deal from Georgetown, I'm not changing anything up. <laughs> um, other than that, keep up the ratings though, for seriously guys, it's, we're so thankful for all of it. Five stars. If you're not going to rate us five stars, don't bother rating us. I'm talking to that one dude, that Matt Harvey guy. It's not Matt Harvey, but it's M. Matt Harvey. Harvey. Oh, we, we can just, tell you. We can tell you about this. M. Harvey yeah, gave on, us a three star review. Three said, stars. Yeah, I, it's a piece of shit. Um, Looking numbers. It has to be Matt Harvey. <laughs> it probably is. It probably is. Now that he's retired, he's got a lot of time in his hands, and he figured, hey, why? Why would I not Who go to guys? the place? He's figuring himself. Why would I not go to the place that has every Rutgers scoop ever, except Cam Spencer? But nobody knew about that. But anyway, yeah. but uh, yeah, Matt Harvey. So Matt Harvey's a part of our uh, a part of our little uh, little family too. So there yeah. you go, Mets fans. Um, Matt Harvey. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate all the all the likes, ratings. If you guys ever want us to talk about a certain topic, hit us below in the comments. Um, we're on social media too. If you're not following us, what are you doing? Like, what are you, what are you doing? We've got 12K. Um, Let's bump that up. we gotta get to we got to get to 15, right? Is that what we have now? I think we're at yeah. 12. I'm at 15 on the personal. Yo, cat's going nuts. What's going on? All right. There? I, I got to get out of here. Cat's going nuts. <laughs> guys, thanks again for everything. That's another episode of the Night Report Podcast. Signing off.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.